work every day. People spend about 30% of their lives working. That means work is a significant part of our lives. Some people are content with the work they do. They often say that they enjoy their work or are satisfied with their salary. On the other hand, there are those who really don't like their job for various reasons. Their work may not match their interest or skills. They may have difficult relationship with their bosses. Their colleagues may be challenging to work with. Their salary may not be sufficient. Their work may be too demanding, while their future at their workplace may seem uncertain. How do you feel about your job? How does your work mean to you? Why do you work? And how do you work? We are Christians, but we still have to work in secular jobs in this world. And we know it is challenging. Do you have to think and work like others to survive? What does God say about work and how would that change your answers to those questions? This morning, we are continuing our sermon series, All the Things God Cares About, focusing on the topic of working as a Christian. I think some of you may have heard of FIRE, Fire Enthusiast. FIRE stands for Financial Independence, Retire Early. They prioritize financial independence and aim to retire at an early age, typically in their 40s or 50s. They follow a lifestyle characterized by aggressive saving, investing, and thrifty living during their working years. The goal is to accumulate enough wealth to sustain their desired lifestyle without the need for employment. Work is seen as a kind of necessary evil for them. So retiring early and enjoying the rest of their lives without working is their dream. Could this be the right view of work? And could they really find the happiness that they are eagerly looking for in their approach? Some Christians think that work is God's curse or punishment for sin. They say that is why they continually experience challenges or frustrations at their work and are often drained. It may seem true when you don't like your job or you are actually in a challenging situation at your workplace. So you find yourself 
more often looking forward to the weekend or vacation to be relieved from work stress. In this case, the time you spend working is the time you endure. It is sad because you will spend about 30% of your life working. Of course, that is not what God intended because work was originally given as a gift and blessing before sin entered the world. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God engaged in act of creation, being the one who initiated and accomplished the work of creating the heavens, the earth, and all living creatures. God is the primary worker. Jesus also describes himself as a worker. When the Pharisees asked Jesus why he was violating the Sabbath, in John 5.17, in his defense, Jesus said to them, My father is always at his word to this very day, and I too am working. Jesus, before Jesus started working for his ministry owners, he had worked as a carpenter with his earthly father, Joseph, for the first 30 years of his life. We know that our trying God is still working to bring all of his people back to himself and will continue his work until the last day. The Lord himself works. God created us in his own image. So we also work. God is good. And then the work also has a good purposes. This world was formless and empty in darkness. But where there was chaos... God brought order through his work. Where there was a darkness, God brought light through his work. Genesis 2.1 says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. After his creation, God saw all that he had made and it was very good. God's work is creative, purposeful, fulfilling, good, and perfect. His work brought order and light to chaos in darkness in creation. His work also brings order and light to our lives whenever we are in chaos in darkness. It is enjoyable to him and a blessing to us. We cannot work like God, but we bear 
His image, and our work should reflect the works of God in creation. Work is meant to bring order and light to the field of your work area or where you are working. It should be good to this society. Work is to be creative, purposeful, and fulfilling. It is enjoyable to us and blessings to others and this world. God intended the work to be a gift and a blessing, not a punishment or a curse. Of course, it is ultimately for the glory of God. So God instituted work in the Garden of Eden. Genesis 2.15 says, the Lord, God, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Work itself is included in the very good part of creation. God planted the garden and assigned Adam the responsibility of cultivating and maintaining it. Additionally, Adam and Eve were to subdue and rule over the earth. The work that God gave them was not only energizing and fulfilling, but also provided a good sense of purpose. He gave them what they need to work in response to his calling, intelligence, wisdom, knowledge, skills, strengths, etc. God doesn't need help, but he still calls us to join him in his work. Why? When we love someone, You want to do everything together with the person. God loves us and is more interested in a relationship with us. Like a father wants to be with his kids in working. God also instituted the Sabbath in Genesis 2. On the seventh day, he rested from all his work. God doesn't need rest, but he set an example for us, calling us to rest, to dedicate the Sabbath solely to him for worship, reflection, and our ultimate relationship with him. God desires a relationship with us, not only in our active work, but also in our true rest. From the beginning, work was a part of God's original design for us. And we were created not to work by ourselves, but to join him in his good work. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we we are God's handiwork, 
created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. But when Adam and Eve chose to work by themselves for their own glory, the nature of work changed. In response to their sin, God pronounced this. Genesis 3, 17 to 19. To Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you are taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. God placed a curse on the ground. Work is going to be tough, challenging, difficult, exhausting, and a real struggle. Work itself is still seen as a good thing, but you should be ready for it to come with some serious, the sweat of the brow. And the result won't always be in your favor. Even though you will eat crops from the field, that field will also produce thorns and thistles. It's like you work hard, but the rewards might not always match what you are hoping for. Isn't that how you often feel about your work? Adam and Eve used to be in the garden, a safe and enclosed place in God's presence. Now they had to eat from the field, an open and unprotected space vulnerable to sinful attacks because sin entered the world. This makes the work environment challenging and rough for Christians. Isn't that sometimes how you feel about your workplace? We are living in this environment because humans chose to work for their own glory and left God, which is sin. Consequently, we are facing three significant issues at work. Each person works for their own benefit and glory. They focus their time and energy on pursuing bigger, better, faster, and more engaging in an endless competition. Consequently, they bear heavy burdens and feel overwhelmed 
by many tasks, demands, and responsibilities imposed on them by themselves or others. This relentless pursuit often leads to loneliness and broken relationships as they prioritize their own benefit. So they are often struggling with conflict and hurt at work. As a result, they frequently find themselves quickly drained. King Solomon achieved more in his life than anyone else and is well known for his wisdom and wealth. But he humbly confesses this in Ecclesiastes 2, 4 to 11. I undertook great project. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I brought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed the silver and gold for myself, the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers and a harem as well, the delights of a man's heart. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done, and what I had toiled to achieve. Everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. In this passage, Solomon respects on his own experiences and pursuit. Despite his great achievement, wealth, in the pursuit of pleasure, Solomon comes to the realization that earthly pursuit and pleasures do not bring lasting satisfaction or fulfillment. He, ex he expresses the emptiness he felt when he evaluated the meaning and the purpose of life apart from a deeper connection with God. This is his reflection on the limitations of worldly pursuit. 
and the importance of seeking meaning beyond wealth and earthly pleasures, which is only in the Lord. We are children of God. Your identity as his child is rooted in your relationship with the Lord, which is eternal, and no one can change or steal it. It is based on who God says you are. When you work to pursue your own glory, you attempt to find your identity in your success, fulfillment, abilities, performance, position, or reputation. Then your work will gradually be turned into your idol. You may be even become workaholic. Sin leads us to endless competition and exhaustion in broken relationships, loss of meaning of life, and loss of our true identity. This is the opposite of God's original design for work. These issues began by leaving God to pursue our own glory in the garden. So Jesus brought us back to himself through his sacrifice on the cross. And now we find our identity in our relationship with God and pursue the glory of God in every area of our lives. Jesus opened the door for us to go back to the God's original design for work that I explained earlier. Let's see now what Paul says about how to work as a Christian in Colossians 3, 25. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything. And do it not only when their eyes on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. In the days of Paul, slavery was common and widely accepted social institution in the Roman Empire. Slaves were considered the property of their masters and had limited legal, legal rights. 
They performed a wide range of duties depending on their skills and the preferences of their masters. Paul's intention is not to affirm the institution, but to provide guidance within the cultural and social context of his time. For instance, in his letter to Philemon, Paul asked Philemon, a Christian master, to receive his runaway slave, Onesimus, not merely as a slave, but as his brother in Christ. He was talking about the equality and brotherhood of believers in Christ, regardless of their social status. So regardless of the uh, social context in the scriptural passage, what Paul says about work is also for us today. Paul is talking about three key principles for us at work. One, work with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord, regardless of they see you or not. Two, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Three, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. This is a Christ-like attitude and mindset for work. Christ came to us to serve, not to be served. When he worked for us on earth, he always did, always did so with a sincere heart, regardless of how people reacted or responded to him. He did his most difficult difficult work on the cross until the last moment. Whatever he did, he always reflected the will of God and was for his heavenly Father. Singing Jesus was singing God. His priority was always on God and his people. How about you? Some of you may think your work has little values in itself from this worldly perspective. Let's think about the story of Joseph for a moment. When he was a slave or in prison, he remained faithful to God and always did his best for his work regardless of its values or his workplaces. His work as a slave or in prison must have seen as little from the worldly perspective. But remember that his labor was never in vain, and his work was all used by God for his plan. You belong to the Lord, and whatever you do, 
Your work is included in God's great plan and part of his grand scheme of creation for his glory. Every work you do, regardless of world view of it, in response to God's calling, will be used by God for what he is going to accomplish in this world for his glory. In God's eyes, every work of his people equally valuable and precious. First Corinthians 15:58 says, "Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. God reveals himself to the world by his work. Through his creation, God's existence is made known to everyone on earth. We are his creation and even bear his image. So our work should also reveal something about the Lord. God created us for his own glory. Whatever we do should be to his glory. This world is not going to hear what you say. They will see who you are, what you do, and how you act. May all that you do reveal Jesus, who is loving, gracious, and holy to this world and glorify his name. Let's pray. Lord, you created us in your own image. As your creation reveals your glory, let our work also reveal your presence. You are always working to bring your people back to yourself. Let us joyfully join you in your work. Help us approach our work with sincere heart and reverence for you whether it is seen by others or not. Grant us strength and perseverance to navigate challenges at work, knowing that our efforts are not in vain when done in your name. May our attitudes and mindset reflect Christ-like character, bringing glory to your name in our workplaces. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.